Welcome back to Hawks Live. Dave Wyman and Paul Moyer, and we'll be joined up here on stage momentarily by Bradley McDougald. But before he gets here, Paul, let's talk a little bit about him. And there's there's one guy also that I that I want to mention. Barkevius Mingo is a guy on defense who has done a really quietly a really good job and been really solid. But I think you and I would agree, and I know this during the game. More, or I'm sorry, uh, Rabel and I call Bradley McDougald's name. It seems like every play when he is on the field, he he does such a good job, and not only a big playmaker, but also he does always does right, always does the right thing as far as in the run game and doing all the dirty work as well. Yeah, he can do so much. I mean, that's the great thing about him is he, he's walking up here and we get to talk about how great he's been this year. Um, but you know, I say you know he he can cover. How you doing? Nice, to, nice. To, everybody, we got Bradley McDougald. Give it up for Bradley. Bradley, I want you to know that I knitted this for you. Yes. I appreciate that. I actually did not. He's multi-talented. Thank you so much. You know what, though? I bet Bradley could knit. Thank you. He can cook. Bradley can do everything. I can't knit. You can't knit. But but you could if you wanted to. (laughs) Thanks for joining us here, man. You're having such a great season. We're talking about one of the things I, I appreciate so much is how you do some of the dirty works, the little things. Like and we are diagramming earlier the, the play where Larry Fitzgerald comes over, builds an extra gap, you come up, you take him on, and then Trey Flowers gets the, uh, gets the strip, and then you end up getting the fumble recovery. And it just seems like you, you always do right on the field. And it seems like are, are you grading out? You've got to grade out really well by your coaches as far as assignments go. Yeah, yeah. This um this season has been uh, pretty well for me. Um, and it's basically just sticking to my assignments. I'm not doing anything special. Uh, sometimes you got to go in there and get dirty. You got to go in there, uh, stick your nose in plays. You always won't get recognized for it, but at the end of the day, it's for the better good of the team. And you really do, I, I don't want to say a hybrid, but, I mean, you play free. I mean, I saw you and Earl, you guys – weren't moving with motion you're dropping down there's other times he's picking up the slot you're dropping back to free safety i saw one time he came down came off the corner to blitz you guys are playing man and and i don't want to compare tedrick thompson's because they're two completely different players but one by having earl out are there some things that you won't do and two what is Tedrick bring to the table? What makes him so special? What are we going to see this week from him? Um, I think the thing that allowed me and Earl to play the way we did was uh, versatility. You know, both of us can cover. Both of us are well in the run game. And uh, surprising or not, uh, Tedrick's the same way. You know, he, he just hasn't shown it and hasn't done it in the regular season. If you look at the preseason tape, he had a hell of a preseason. Yep. He made plays in the run game, made plays in the passing game. Um, so, I mean, the, our, our scheme is our scheme. We run what we run, and we are who we are. And um, Tetrick, before Earl got back, Tetrick was the guy that we put faith in. It wasn't blind faith. It was stuff that he done in the preseason. It was established. You know, it's on film. You know, we don't have to uh, hype him up for no reason. He's going to step in there, and we're going to play the same ball we're going to play. All right, Brad, let's take you back a little bit. Uh, you're a guy from Kansas. and He's actually from Ohio. Well, Ohio, we but went you Kansas. went to Kansas, yeah. and you're an undrafted free agent and it always i love the undrafted free agents philip Lindsay, who was a running back with the denver broncos okay undrafted free agent he was the the young guy and there's always guys that that sneak through somehow does that always ride with a little bit of a chip on your shoulder oh uh, yeah yeah 
you know, once you get in the league and you see some of the guys who were drafted and uh, how their situations pan out and um, for whatever reason, your situation didn't work. But, I mean, I just felt like I just needed a shot. I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't, I was uh, very confident going in. And uh, once I got in, in uh, Kansas City is where I started. Started Kansas right. City Chiefs right down the road, 40 minutes from my college. I was very comfortable there. And then once I got an opportunity and, and was really able to play around some guys that were um, next level, I, I felt very comfortable. I, I was a free agent, so I, I love free agent safeties. And I, I got seven years in. So, you know, I don't want to say there is a chip. There is a... There, he was there, always mad belief. at me because I got drafted. Well, I mean, he's I a high draft pick. Round. You know these guys. He's Not entitled guys. And no. Second round pick. They, <laughs> they think, you know, they deserve more than they get. But It's a very uh, humble route. It is. You it, know, uh, you got to be very strict and very dedicated. You know, you don't have very much room for error. You know, because a draft pick, they're going to they're gonna weigh their, their, uh, their problems out. You know, they, their shortcomings, they're going to give them an opportunity here and there just because they, they uh, invest in these guys, you know. So you don't have that same opportunity. You don't have that same ability to mess up and get second chances. You, uh, you kind of just have to get it, and it's a, it's, you're walking on thin ice. I had a coach uh, who said to me, he goes, you know, most guys, and, and he was talking to me at the time, he goes, believe you can play in this league. Mm. They don't believe they can be a star. And, and you've got to get to that point where you not just believe you're a starter, but, I mean, you're one of the very best in the league. You're playing that way right now. You I mean, you're playing Pro Bowl level. When did that come for you, and has that come to you? Uh, yeah, the, the confidence and the mentality is there, you know, and I think that the, surrounding yourself with greatness. You know, I play with guys like Earl, and I play with Cam and Sherm, and I play with the best of them, I feel like, you know. And once I finally – got around these guys and I play with them and I'm hung and you know and I and I pull my own you know I hold my own weight and I do my own job and I kind of got that confidence well you know if I'm playing with the best you know I must be you know and once you get that confidence you go out there and put it on tape continuously week in week out you just have to keep that hunger and that mindset it, it's been fun to watch I'm gonna take you back a little he said you're an Ohio kid I mean that's Buckeye Nation now mm-hmm. tell me how we, we get to Kansas with and it was Charlie Weiss there Give, give us a little history and, and how you ended up in Kansas. Uh, Mark Mangino uh, was the recruiter okay. for me. He was the head coach there. I mean, we had four different head coaches while I was there. But it <laughs> um, started with Mark Mangino. Uh, Ed Warner was the offensive coordinator there. It was the only school that offered me to play a receiver. Coming out, I was a uh, running back, receiver, um, safety. I, I was an athlete coming out. But I really, I think in my heart, I wanted to play offense. Um, Ohio State, Michigan State, Kansas, and um, Wisconsin were my last couple of schools. It was Wisconsin and Kansas that offered me for offense, and Ohio State, Michigan State for defense. Ended up playing safety. Uh, well, tell me about that, because you, you did play some wide receiver. Yeah, I did. When I put, did they move you full-time to, to safety, and were, were you fighting that a little? No, I think it was like my junior year. I kind of accepted my role then. By then, um, I kind of had two years of opportunity. I was... Um, I was a good receiver, you know, but I had traits and, and things and people from the next level were telling me if I wanted to, to make it, then I think your shot would be on defense. Um, we got a new coaching staff and the transition was made. So coming out of college, what, what were you expecting going into the draft? Did you have guys, did you have an agent? Do you have guys telling you that you were going to get drafted? Um, I was kind of like one of those mid-round guys, mid-round story, uh, anywhere from the fifth to free agency. 
you know, uh, you go out there. I kind of messed myself up with the, um, during my training. I think that's kind of why I didn't go. I didn't have the best uh, combine numbers. I ran like a high 4.6 or 4.7. I didn't take any rest before the times. Um, I was just so worried about my start and my time. I kind of overworked myself, and I didn't really rest well before I performed out there. Did you have a pro day as well? Yeah, I went yeah. to pro day, and I ended up running a 4.4. But, I wow. mean, you go to the combine, you go to the, uh, the pro day, they kind of see everything they need to see at the combine. So you go to Kansas City. How long are you in Kansas City before you end up down in Tampa? Uh, so I was undrafted. I made the 53 initially coming out my rookie season in Kansas City. I was there till we were 9-0. We were 9-0 going into bye week. And uh, this was Andy Reid's first year there. Okay. And uh, we're going into bye week. They were going to put me on practice squad to replace a guy off IR that they drafted. They drafted a kid from uh, Georgia. And um, once they uh, put me, uh, released me to try to put me on practice squad, I was picked up off waivers to Tampa Bay. Okay. And then Tampa, I asked you this uh, a few weeks ago. I thought that game you had against Denver, I thought, wow, that has to be your maybe your best game you've played in the NFL. But you had a pretty good game against the Seahawks. I don't know if anybody remembers. I think it was like 12-5 to 5 or some mm-hmm. weird score like it that. Was. And uh, you end up picking off Russell Wilson. I did for the game. You know, for the game, they were driving down. They were trying to uh, go on the score. I remember it, it was cover two. They tried to throw it to Tyler Lockett. And, uh, yeah, he hung it up high. He kind of looked at, uh, stared it down for a while and just made a play on it. Yeah, do you, do you talk to him about that? Do you let him know? <laughs> let him hear about it? No, I don't, I don't, rub, I don't rub it in too much. So you get traded, right, from Tampa, or, we, or do we get you as a free agent? Free agent. Free agent. So how – How's that? That's a long way. We talk about this with a lot of players mm-hmm. to the great Northwest. How, how does that work, and, and how's that? How you liking it so far? Well, um, I think it's from from playing against them. Honestly, uh, once that's kind of how the league is. You, you you play against certain teams, and certain teams actually get to see you in person, and you and you make an impact in that game. They're going to remember you one way or another. They get in the free agency. It's like, oh, that's the that's the kid who made plays against us. He makes plays against us, then. You know, he's worth giving a shot. And I see that happening a lot. You know, we brought in some guys from uh, teams we played in the preseason, young guys, a couple of veteran guys. You know, um, it's kind of how the league is. Yeah, you know what? You're right. I mean, that's I've noticed that, too. You see when somebody and our old coach, Chuck Knox, uh, one of the things, I mean, if somebody ran a good play against us, you see him running it the next week. And, copycat league. Yeah, totally. And this speaking of the copycat thing, how about the fly sweep? This year, I mean, my gosh, I've seen more fly sweeps, I think, and it just where they put a put a receiver in motion, he goes flying across there. Sometimes they hand it to him. Sometimes it's a decoy. It seems like the Rams are doing that a ton right now. Yeah, they're big on they're big on shifts. The Rams, um, they're big on shifts. They keep you honest, and that's the reason a lot of offenses do it: keep you honest, test your fundamentals, right. test your eyes, make sure your eyes are in the right places because. If you're looking at the wrong things, that's how you get lost in the uh, the motions, the shifts, all those type of things, and the game speeds up for you, and they're able to get explosive plays. Yeah, and it seems like it also, like you said, it keeps you honest, makes your defensive end or linebacker have to widen a little bit because of mm-hmm. that speed, and then it kind of mm-hmm. splits the defense in half. But I noticed you guys do a good job with that, like uh, Chicago was doing that kind of stuff, and you guys uh, are really good and disciplined for a group that hasn't really played together for that long. Yep, yep. I mean, it, that's our defense. It's the fundamentals. It's the things we, we practice every day. We work these things. Um, I mean, it's a credit to the coaches, and it's a credit to the guys going out there and playing. I always thought uh, the best offensive coordinators would be former defensive guys. 
because you really know how to attack a defense or what mm-hmm. worries you as a defensive coach. You know, I think about those things. Does, does the receiver part, is there anything that you as a defensive guy now and, and that you've got from that you say, okay, you know, I, there's something that I have from experience as a wide receiver that helps me as a safety now? I would say there's, uh, there's actually two things that help me. Being a former offensive guy and being a receiver, I would say it's um, there's stem. Well, it's alignments. There's stems, and there's um, there's uh, the the uh, concepts, the offensive concepts. You know, when one receiver runs a certain route and it's quick game, another receiver is going to run another concept. You know, it's a pattern. It's timing. It's th- something that the quarterback is used to. It's a quick game for a reason. It's three step. Get the ball out of his hands. You know, it's one, two, three reads. And uh, I could just tell by the certain way an offensive guy comes off the ball, for instance. You know, they come off hard inside where they're going to run an inside route or depending on my leverage. It's, I mean, it's a bunch of different things that adds up to where a receiver is going. So when he said stem, he's, he's talking about receivers, how they come off the line of scrimmage and, and, and how they release off the ball. And that, that can turn into you know what route they may run. Mm-hmm. So now let's take that to the Rams. Mm-hmm. What are they doing to get guys so stinking open? And they are, they're making huge plays. They're not going 10 play drives. They're mm-hmm. five play drives in a minute scoring touchdowns. What, what are you seeing? Uh, tempo. A lot of times, I'm watching film earlier before I got in here, and um, a lot of times you see as soon as the play cuts on the film, the defense is still getting lined up. Guys are running, getting in line, adjusting, still talking. Next thing you know, they're they're doing a 40-yard play down the field. Guys aren't getting lined up. The communication isn't all the way there. And they're catching people when they aren't ready. You know, that's a sign of a good offense. Uh, they got a good thing going. They got good players. And they got a good quarterback, you know, and a good running back. Um, so the biggest thing is just communication, getting lined up. The small things, you know, being detailed in your assignments and uh, limiting the big plays to make them do the long choppy yards, the first long third downs and getting off the field. It seems like the, the Rams, I've watched – fairly closely the minnesota game and they caught them in some bad matchups and where you had like a linebacker running with brandon cooks with mm-hmm. no safety help and things like that is uh, is that anything is that somewhere where maybe you guys can can surprise them a little bit just because i thought and this is just me looking at, at what i'm looking at on tv but it seemed like minnesota did a poor job of like anticipating that they're going to get us in that matchup is that a way you guys maybe can take advantage of this offense and that uh, other teams couldn't. Uh, I would just say a scheme. Um, you got to at times you got to tip your hat off to the uh, the Rams. You know they catch you in a, a bad situation like that and they capitalize on it. That's just be- the offense being better than the defense. But like you said, you know the defense has to uh, each week come in and, and look at your weaknesses. What's what, how can they attack us? And the better we focus on our weaknesses, the better we're going to be. You know, we're going to be strong where we're strong at. The defense is supposed to take away certain plays, but the plays that it doesn't take away, we need to focus on those plays and make sure that they won't hurt us. They've had three home games in a row. I don't know how much, you know, watching, you know, how much audibleizing they do. My my guess is being at home with the 12s can't hurt you guys too much you got to be pretty excited to come home and play this one yeah <laughs> yes who doesn't love playing in front of the 12, yes man? yes ma'am yes, paul's ma'am. really good at getting cheap applause. hey i look whatever it takes buddy you know that yeah. now it's gonna be exciting i think this is one you know last year the 12s don't forget you guys aren't going to forget what they mm-hmm. did here at century link and you know it's uh They've been quiet the last year. I, I think they're going to be pretty loud this game. They're going to be pumped up as much as you guys are. 
Yeah, we're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to it. You guys, a little chip on your shoulder? Because I remember KJ saying this last week, or I'm sorry, it was last year. He's like, don't sleep on us. You know, you, you guys have a lot of pride. And you talk about the Legion of Boom and how, you know, it's, it's love our brothers. And you guys, I think with Bobby and KJ and all the leadership you have, um, I feel like they're counting you out a little bit. Do you feel that way? Do yeah. Do you feel I that mean, little chip? Yeah. I mean, I felt that way since the guy's going down, uh, since... Uh, the Legion of Boom apparently uh, fell apart, and I mean I can respect that. Those guys did so much for the city. They brought the city a championship. Um, the, a lot of those guys are gonna wear golden jackets. You can't do nothing but respect the legacy that they left here in the city. But I feel like uh, it's our job to, to keep that legacy alive. And um, before these guys had a name, you know, they started somewhere. And before they won the Super Bowl, they were just guys trying to make it. And I feel like we got a lot of those guys. We got a lot of hungry guys that just want to go out there and make a name for themselves, just like they did. Well, Bradley, you're playing so well. I'm, I'm so happy for you. You couldn't be a, a nicer guy, good man on and off the field. Let me ask you this. What is your, what's your favorite play from this year? Favorite play? Favorite play that you made. Ooh. Do you like, do you like a big hit or a pick? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say the punch out. Yeah, the fumble. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say, that was my first out. career punch out. Six, it took me six years to get one. Yeah, that was against Zeke okay. or Elliot. Yeah, it came, yeah. came at a better time. Either. Describe, I mean, did you have like a balled up fist? Because a lot of times guys hack it, but mm-hmm. you had the balled up fist. The fist the whole way, the whole way. I mean, it's kind of funny the things that go through your mind as a player is going on, but um, early in the week we, we analyzed early that, that he doesn't switch hands. He's a right ball hand carrier. He carries it high and tight in his right hand, his right hand only. Uh, a lot of guys go low on him, so he doesn't have to carry the ball with two hands. So we always say, if you get a shot, take it. So it just, the timing was crazy, but it came. So that, that, was, that was Zeke awesome Elliott, and that's, that's got to be a difficult target to hit, man. I mean, everything's moving fast, and you're coming up behind him to get the, to land that punch. I mean, that's, that takes a lot of skill. It's not something we talk about. We actually, like, practice it. Like, we take time out of each practice to actually work on punching the ball. You walk into one of our meetings, this football's hanging literally on a, a spring, and we walk in, we're punching the ball. It's something that they constantly got engraved in our minds that we just think and punch the football. Like, uh, my niece was walking with a football in the house one day. I punched <laughs> out her hand. And she said, wait, wait. I don't care who has the ball. I will punch the ball out your hand at like, any time. It doesn't matter. Was she punch. tougher than Zeke Elliott? <laughs> oh, that, that's, he's not uh, going to answer about that. I don't I, care about his feelings. I, I'm going to ask you about nerves. Do you get nervous going into a game? I mean, I, excitement, nerves. And the reason why I ask that. You threw out the first pitch for the Mariner game a few yeah. weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We were critiquing that. You did throw a strike. Yes. Um, were you nervous? And go ahead and critique your, your pitch there. All right. So if, I, if we would go back and do it again, I would definitely wear some looser pants. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't get my knee up like I wanted to. Oh, you wanted to do the high kick. Yeah, I wanted to, get, I wanted to do the whole thing now. Like, I, this is a dream. I always wanted to throw the first pitch. Uh-huh. So, but I went with the stylish jeans. And then, <laughs> secondly, I would have waited like three more days because my shoulder was sore. And I didn't have the most strength I wanted to. But, you know, I got it down the pipe, though. It, yeah. It's, it's definitely least, a strike. It was a, cha- it was a change up. He did it frame it. I, I just want you to know he framed the high pitch, but it, yeah. I would have called a strike on it. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a change up. Well, and I hope you didn't like before that. To me, the worst one ever was John Wall. Have you ever seen that? I haven't. I mean, I he's haven't. an NBA player, a professional athlete. Yeah. It looked like he had never thrown a rock or a snowball in his life. I mean, it was so bad. Fifty Cent was probably the worst, but yeah, I mean, he's a performer. Say. So, you know, but, I mean, if you're an athlete, and there's a lot of pressure, right? Well, I say, were you nervous? 
No, I wasn't nervous. No, I wasn't nervous. It was okay. exciting. You know, um, the Mariners fans were very welcoming. They showed a lot of love and support and made me feel welcome and just go out there and throw the ball. But to what you're talking about, it's a lot of football players who can't throw a football, so yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah, that's No, true. it's bad. It's a lot of football players that can't throw a football. All right, speaking of that, I think it was Darrell uh, that we talked to today. Darrell Daniels that yeah. said he can't play basketball at all. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, oh man, are you, he was all. Are you a hooper in high school? Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, you, yeah, 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 are yeah, you yeah. one of those guys that thinks you're like the greatest basketball player on the team? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I think this I is mean, a yes coming. He can play. I'm not gonna say all that, he but if I wasn't playing football, I'd probably be in the NBA. There you but. go. <laughs> Well, I'm glad I'm you didn't right. brag. Yeah. Uh, and then Bobby Wagner, they always say that he is very good. He is. You and Bobby? Me, Bobby, Doug. I mean, um, the basketball um, community is growing on the team, actually. We, we go on hoop at um, uh, LA, Fitness. LA Fitness. Yeah, in yeah. Bellevue. During, during the offseason. Yep, yep, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's our thing. There was an incident uh, this uh, offseason, it's random, but since you mentioned. LA Fitness that uh, a guy set a pick on a guy oh, yeah. and it was too hard this. and he went and called 911. I heard about this. Yeah. No. Have you ever heard of that before? Wow. It, that's that's no, outrageous. Really the police. I, I I could see Bradley setting that kind of pick because <laughs> he's a big hitter. Like, really quick, we we got to let you go, but uh, what would you be doing if you weren't a football player? Oh man, you know I get asked this a lot. Um, it's changed. It's changed so many times. My ultimate goal when I was going to school and it's crazy because I hated school, especially, like, grade school coming up. But I wanted to be a principal. Really? Yeah, but it changed. It changed. It changed. It changed when I got to uh, college, senior year. My best class I ever took was acting. Acting one-on-one changed my whole outlook. On, Actor? Uh, yeah, and I was going to drop it, too, because you couldn't wear shoes, and they made you. <laughs> or socks. It was crazy. You had to wear all black, no shoes or socks huh. in the acting class, and I almost dropped it. But the next day... I don't what, are, know. what are they hippies? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. It was you cool. are like the smoothest the guy. You're the smoothest guy on the team, though. He's very much yeah. like Robinson Cano. Kind of has that. You you kind of glide. You're very cool. I think you could go into acting later. Thank but you. that's yeah. like 15 years down the road. Yeah. I, I know you have a, a couple loves. Tell us about Roscoe and Baby Dog real quick. I know these is your the love of your life. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I had to leave them at home waiting on me right now. Roscoe, Baby Dog, uh, my two first bulldogs. Um, they're famous now. Thanks yeah. to Seahawks, they're, yeah. they're kind of a big deal. I think I'm about starting them on Instagram later on. <laughs> they got their own account. Yeah, y'all follow them. Y'all give them a follow, a couple likes. Um, yeah, they, they're not doing anything. They fart a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? That's what they're Does anybody have a French Bulldog? No, I got I got yeah, a bulldog. So apparently they have like a gas boxer. problem. They yeah, do. They yeah. Do. They all do. right, yeah. kind of like Paul. My, my dog. Yeah, it's all my right. son's dog who's now my dog. But yes, they she silent. And violent. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Bradley, we'd, we'd like to keep you for another yes, half hour, we but we've got to let you go. Really appreciate you taking the time to come down, and good luck this year. Man, thank you again. No problem. Bradley Great McDougald. job. Let's hear it for Bradley McDougal. All right, coming up next, uh, we will talk to our own Danny O'Neill. That's next on Hawks Live. Thank you so much. No Listening to Hawks Live at Pearl Seafood and Oyster Bar, and 
Just wrapped up with Bradley McDougald, as we do every Thursday at 8 o'clock. We get an uh, in-house player interview. Don't miss the show. It starts at 7 every Thursday. Thanks to our sponsors, Heritage Distillings, Batch Number 12 Vodka, and Legendary Donuts. And also, every Thursday at 8.30, we talk to my work wife, my co-host of Misfit Radio, Danny O'Neill. Danny, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? We're doing great. We just talked Fantastic. to the coolest dude on the team, Bradley McDougald, and he was, he was great. Uh, he told us, I thought the, the best part of it, Danny, he said that uh, he threw out the first pitch for the Mariners and that if he had to do it over again, he would have worn looser pants. <laughs> it got in the way, huh? Did he get it yeah. straight? Did he get it over the plate or did strike. he skip it? Yeah, oh. There you no, go. Was good. He yeah, just no. wanted a higher leg kick, and he couldn't get his Yeah, he couldn't leg get the kick. high leg kick going. That's well, why the tight pants got It was him. good. Well, he's got one up on Brock Heward, who I believe skipped his up to home plate. No, he did, did not. Did Brock? Uh, I, 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 know, I know it was wide. I, I don't, he was not happy with the pitch, so maybe it didn't bounce, but I know he was not pleased. If I was ever asked to do that, which I probably never would, maybe in like single A or something like that, but I would throw heat. I would be like wild thing. I don't care where it goes, but I'm going to throw my heater. You'd hit the bull? Yeah, hit hit the mascot. Yes. Yeah. So, Danny, what do you think this week, man? We've talked this thing to death, but, you know, I, I think you have a little bit different view than me. I, I think defensively that they can actually uh, get something done, and that might be the way they win this game. But what about you? I think they need to score more than 30 points on offense. I think if they're going to win this, it's going to be because Russell Wilson has a signature performance, something that we saw, like the game he had last year against Houston or the game he had in 2015 against Pittsburgh. I, I think if if they're going to beat this Rams team, they're going to need to their offense is going to be the need to be the one that really steps up. I just look at the linebackers for Seattle. You're going to have Bobby Wagner, Barkevius Mingo and, and Austin Calitro there. And you're probably not going to see that much of their, of their three linebackers. I'm not sure who, when they go into a nickel package, who's the second linebacker going to be? Do they think Calitro can run well enough to do that? That's not a spot they put Mingo in. And it's probably not something he's that familiar with being a Sam linebacker and someone who, is is relatively new to dropping into pass coverage. I, I I think this is going to be a tough matchup for Seattle's defense. Yeah, I think you'll see some uh, extra safeties in that package. Uh, yeah, they signed Mo Alexander. Yeah, you know they got I mean? the kid. Uh, is it T.J. Green? I'm sorry, T.J. Green. On, on yep. Yeah, T.J. Green is yeah, the guy. So. Former second round pick. Uh, most recently been with the Colts. Right. Well, it's just because they run so much three wide receiver packages, and and they. I think the Rams want to run the ball, but they don't care if they run the football because they do other things with their screens and fly sweeps and 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 finding isolation with Gurley coming out of the backfield. They don't need to run the football twenty times a game. You know they'll find ways that'll act like the run. But you know, talking with McDougald earlier, uh, I think they feel pretty confident. They know what the Rams are going to do, and now it's just do we match up well enough athletically against them. Uh, I think it's going to be a fascinating matchup uh, there, Danny. Well, this used to be Seattle when its defense was at its peak. This was the kind of matchup where you'd come in and everybody talk about, oh, this is going to be a real test for the Seahawks defense and all the points that are scored, whether it was the Saints on that Monday night game in 2013, the Broncos in the Super Bowl that year, the Broncos in week three, the next season. And Seattle always was able to really, really, take it to the opposing offense and their defense was was created 
what you thought were mismatch were able to neutralize them just because of their athleticism. And maybe maybe Seattle's defense is capable of doing that. They've been surprisingly competent given the number of personnel that they lost in the offseason. They've been pretty good through the first four weeks. It's been the offense that, that's that's been the disappointment for Seattle, in my opinion. Yeah, but the one thing that hasn't been, well, I don't know if that's the right word, disappointing. The one thing that's been encouraging, and it really showed up last week, is the running game. And what I mean by that is we played some really good defenses up front. Denver is very good. Chicago is very good. And the Cowboys are very good. And it was stingy, and they, 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 they stayed with it. Last week, they dominated that defensive line. I mean, they pushed the pile. I mean, there was holes everywhere. I'm really curious what they can do against the Rams. It's, it, it's, it'll be a test, but w- what are your thoughts going into this game on the running game? That they're going to need to have some something to... Running the ball is great, and it's the fastest way to salt away a lead, but they're going to need some bigger plays. And in, in my, you're right. They were able to run the ball really effectively against Arizona, but they're going to need to have some big plays. They need to take some shots downfield. The offensive line is better. And those first two weeks when they gave up six sacks each of the first two games and you found yourself wondering, like, oh, man, is, is it not? The offensive line is better. The Rams with Brockers, Sue, and Donalds, this is going to be about the stiffest challenge possible. And I'll, I, if they're able to run the ball right off the bat, I mean, that's going to be a surprise to me because I, I think the Rams are pretty dominant up front. Danny, how would you grade out Russell Wilson? I know you talked about that a little bit. And, you know, I guess to me, I feel like he's got a new coach, um, a new quarterback coach, new offensive coordinator. But so far, what do you think we're going to see? I'll ask it this way. What do you think we're going to see from Russell the rest of the way? I hope we're going to see more explosive plays. And, and I hope that we're going to see a more confident quarterback. I'd give him a C plus so far. And and we're past the point of the question of is Russell a franchise quarterback and all those. He is. And this isn't about I don't know if he's the best guy for for the Seahawks going forward. He is the best guy for the Seahawks going forward. But their success this season, whether or not they contend for a playoff spot this season, is going to depend on him really taking off and he's going to need to do it sooner rather than later. And they need to put him in positions to succeed. Play action pass. Let him take some shots deep. I I definitely wonder whether he's going to be part of the running game anymore, and whether he's he 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 doesn't look as quick to me, and he has been reluctant to keep the ball in in the read option. So I, I, until we see differently, I, I'm kind of assuming that he's not going to be much of a running threat. And if that's the case, he does need to find ways to make explosive plays, whether it's extending things, which has been problematic at times, or, or just finding ways to, to take shots deep. All right, Danny, uh, as we do on our show, I'm going to go off the rails here. I'm looking at questions that NASA wrote down for, for Bradley McDougald. Worst job, he said uh, his, I guess, was Dairy Queen server. Yeah. What was your worst job you ever had, Danny? I painted I houses. Don't say right now. now. No. Yeah, don't no. say now. No, it's certainly not. I painted houses for a summer when I was in college, and that is awful work. Uh, I fell off a roof. I I was on a oh, ladder. That explains a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, nah, I Did I was falling your head. No, it was more on my shoulder. And then the woman came out front, and she was like, "Oh, did I lose a painter?" And I was like rolling around in her driveway because I'd landed on asphalt. And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah you worried about losing a painter? I'm worried if I'm going to be able to walk again." That woman had a lot of primer that was spilled on a roof where she couldn't see it. 
That was my little subtle dig back at her. That's uh, how you got back. Huh? Yeah, I was also I was also on a ladder and I managed to break two different windows before falling off the ladder because the ladder got off balance and it went in and broke one window. I overcorrected to get it out and it went in and broke the other window and then I fall <laughs> off, fell off of it. It, it was it was an awful job. Sounds like you uh, subconsciously played your way out of a job. Well, I, I lasted the whole summer. We did. There was the supervisor that was there. She left her camera um, at the job site one time. She would use that to take pictures of houses when they were completed, like before and after shots. Um, and we, 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 we mooned the camera to, as, nice. as, yeah, to, in, in her before and after. So I always wondered how she enjoyed that when that was developed. I'm like, oh, my student painters. And like, yep, there's a full moon over his hammy. <laughs> Your political career is over. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true if it was ever going to get off the ground. That'll come out later. All right, Danny. Prediction. I, I need a prediction. I will see you. Oh, yeah, real quick. Just super quick. What do you think? Score. I think it's going to be 33-23 Rams. I'm not optimistic here. You can boo. You can boo. Yeah, I should be booed. I should be booed. All right. Okay, Danny, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, buddy. Sounds Appreciate good. It. Thanks so take much. Take care, guys. All right, take care. All right, coming up next, Moyer and I will give our predictions, too. And Well, actually, you can't because you're under contract with the pregame show. Right. It's very important. I can tell you who's going to win it's or not. lose. Yeah, well, well, we'll talk about that, and we'll wrap it up here on Hawks Live. That's next. Welcome back to Hawks Live. Paul Moyer and Dave Wyman really had a good time tonight. I want to yeah, thank the professor. Time. John Clayton, Sam Farmer, of course, from the L.A. Times, Danny O'Neill, and, of course, Bradley McDougald was fantastic here tonight. We've got some ticket winners here. Yeah. Everybody's Congratulations. happy. Congratulations. They're going to London, too. They're going to London yeah. as well, which we're leaving next Wednesday. Leave I don't Wednesday. even want to think about it, Paul. You, you take don't. them one at a time. We've got the Rams. So the Rams are coming up. What are you expecting in this game? What I mean, I, I don't want to hold you to a point total, but... <laughs> What's the, what are the chances that – how confident are you that this Seahawks team can do something, which I think is going to have to be pretty special to win this game? Um, Ooh, I stumped Well, him. no, I'm just thinking what Bradley McDougald said tonight. I, I think they feel confident they know what the Rams are going to do. And, you know, for those who – you know, don't do this all day long watching film and stuff. It looks like it's a really complex offense. It's it's not. They they window dress, they shift, they motion. Um, they are very good though at finding the weakness in your defense. And you just a strength of you is you better know the weakness of your defense and right. and prepare for that. And I think and Bradley talked about that too. He did. Yeah. Um, I, if we don't give up big plays and we don't let them score quick, because I think the game plan here is force them to go not just the long road. But to, to not score in three or four plays. You know, if they're going to do this, they're going to have to convert a lot of third downs, which they're very good at. I mean, they're completing about 44% on third downs. We're around 29. And that's probably as big a difference as anything between these two offenses. But I think offensively we can do something. I think we can run the football on them. I, do, I, I think there will be times, look, you're going to see Aaron Donald knife in. He's going to beat a guy one-on-one -on -one because he's the best in the league at what he does. And we're going to have a three- or four-yard loss. you just got to be patient with that. But I think we can run it on them because we are blocking so well right now. And we're going to, you know, Danny O'Neill said, we're going to have to take some shots downfield and there's going to be opportunities and it's going to be 
does Doug Baldwin, does Moore, does Tyler Lockett, does the, all of our playmakers, are, can they make a play downfield when, when, when Russell throws it? We've got to come down with those five balls that they talk about that are, are 50-50 balls that we've got to get those. We've got to win that number. And, look, I think at, with the 12s, they've had three home games in a row. They're, they're checking. They're, they're comfortable. They can audible. They can hear everything. Yeah. Now we're going to get a good pass rush. We're going to be able to bulky it. Not, not, they're not going to be able to go off their actual count. We will be better defensively. We will rush the passer better, and we've got to get some turnovers. I still think it's going to have to take something magical, and we've got to have a feeling the hair better be standing up on your arms going into this game as 12s and as players. And if we get that, yeah, I, I like our chances. You know, I, the one thing we've been talking about the last week, Paul, is this is week five now. After, like, the first quarter, certain teams kind of come down to earth, and other teams that it looked bad sort of rise up. I mean, everybody's good in the NFL, and it's never as outrageous as it looks. Like, it looks like the Rams right now can do no wrong, that they just at will can go down the field. And those things always correct themselves in the NFL because this is the NFL. And you got guys like Bradley McDougal that are fantastic athletes, and they figure it out. And that's the other thing I'm really excited about is to see what Pete Carroll is able to figure out Pete Carroll, Ken Norton, all the defensive coaches, Coach Clint Hurt, what are they going to figure out about what this offense is doing? Because right now, like I said, L.A.'s making it look easy, and it's really not that easy. So that's the part I'm really excited about. Uh, I love how physical the offensive line is, too, and that's the thing always coming into this is you worried about Aaron Donald and now Ndamukong Sue against our offensive line, and actually got guys playing really well. I, I feel okay with that matchup. Same Last here. year, I'd have been nervous. Here, here's where I think um, you, you said something really good, and I, I know we've got to be quick on this. Kansas City looked unstoppable going into last week. Unstoppable. They had so many weapons, and Mahomes was just going crazy, and Andy Reid, and you want shifts. It, it was, they shift four times in, within 20 seconds. It was yeah. unbelievable. Make your head spin. And they were shut down pretty good last week. Now, Mahomes made a play, and they end up winning the game. That's what we need from the Rams. They get frustrated. We've taken away what they love to do, and now they've got to start doing things they don't want to do yeah. on the road. That's hard to do. So With all that noise. Yeah. Uh, I, look, I just think we've got to get a lead early. We've got to get this thing into the fourth quarter. The crowd's going nuts, and now they start to feel tight. And that's, that's how we win this game. Yeah, well, I'm with you. I'm not going to make a prediction, but I do think that I'm really excited to see what the defense can do and what Pete Carroll and, and Ken Norton can figure out with this offense. Well, I want to thank all of you for showing up. Yep. Special thanks thank to our you. producer, Curtis Rogers, our engineer, Brenna Hutchison, our promotions manager, Jessica Kelly, and, of course, our street team here and our board operator back at the station, Brian Schoening, and, of course, NASA Choby for putting all of this together. All right, Hawks Live. No Hawks Live next week, right? No, we'll We're be going to London. London. We're headed to London. But enjoy the game, and thanks for showing up tonight, and thanks for listening. You've been listening to Hawks Live with Paul Moyer and Dave Wyman. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks.